Kansas City Royals select Bobby <laughs> That cheering you heard were the family and friends and teammates of Bobby Witt Jr., whose name was called second in Monday night's Major League Baseball draft. The Royals took Witt and have pinned a lot of hopes for the future on this high school shortstop. Columnist Sam Mellinger and Vahe Gregorian stop by and we talk about the draft, Bobby Witt, what it means to the Royals, and later in the show, we talk to Lynn Worthy, who spent part of his Tuesday afternoon traveling to the Witt home outside of Dallas, where he talked to Bobby Witt Jr. and his father, Bob Witt, the former Major League pitcher. I'm Blair Kirkhoff, and you're listening to Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. Bob Gregorian and Sam Mellinger are here. How you doing, guys? Very good. You look, you look good. You look healthy. You look, sounded, that sounded you look hot. rested. <laughs> as, as they say in the business. <laughs> Sorry. Is that what the talent I'll says? Try, I'll or try and cool producers say? Uh, no, yeah, feel <laughs> good. Producer talk. <laughs> feel good, pod good. That's what they say. It huh. is what they say. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I'm hoping to feel good. Uh, I do feel good. Yeah, I'm good. All right, so we're here to answer the question. Is Patrick Mahomes the Bobby Witt of the Chiefs? <laughs> He has a chance, Blair. Does he? Does he have a chance <laughs> to be the Bobby Witt of the Chiefs? Yes, he does. Um, I thought it was interesting that he he tweeted about uh, the draft choice. What 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 is happening in sports that Patrick Mahomes is not involved with <laughs> somehow or or comments on? I don't know. Is he at the college softball World Series right now? I I am so sick of everybody being compared to Patrick Mahomes. John Morant is like the next Patrick <laughs> Mahomes of the NBA apparently because he throws no look like I just can we cool it with that like it just it drives me crazy Patrick Mahomes is a unicorn like if we're looking for the next Patrick Mahomes might be a while it is kind of fun though to have the guy on your team on your hometown team here right that is the one people are saying that about the next the next the next but you're right it already is kind of tired well you know how tired it is is that Bobby Witt Jr. (laughs) plays shortstop He's been compared to Patrick Mahomes, and the guy that plays shortstop for the Royals now was being compared to Patrick Mahomes last year. <laughs> like it's, just... and the general manager was telling him to be like Patrick yes, Mahomes. Yes. Yeah. Can we just stop? That's all I want. <laughs> well, for the purpose of this podcast, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, because the, com- the comparisons have been flying here over they the last really several have. Hours. So well, obviously, we're talking about the draft. Uh, we are we are talking to you. We're recording this. On Tuesday, the day after the the first round of the Major League Draft, the draft continues Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, teams each get 40, 40 options to pick 40 players. Um, and the Royals took Bobby Wood Jr., the shortstop, high school shortstop from Texas. And there was some smoke, I guess, before the draft that the Orioles picked first. And the, the, the consensus was they would take the Oregon State catcher. They did, although there was a little smoke before the draft. Maybe it wouldn't fall that way. But I think the Royals knew it was going to fall this way because they scouted every inning of every game that Bobby Wood Jr. played this year. And that came out in the press conference that that the uh, the Royals were there for all of his games. And it just sounded like this was a done deal from the get-go. So let's – what about it? I mean, um, baseball's a little different than other sports when it comes to draft picks. You talked about John Morant and Patrick Mahomes and their sports – those those guys made him, you know, Patrick Mahomes made an impact in his second year. John Morant's probably probably going to be a 
you know, an impactful player early in basketball that happens with the first few picks. I'm not so sure. I am sure. Baseball doesn't work that way. <laughs> right. This draft was different in a couple ways. Like, I remember talking with, with Dayton last summer, a year ago, and about, like, this year's draft. You know, like, God, you guys might be picking high. Like, who are you looking at? And it was Adley Rutschman and Bobby Witt Jr. were the first two people that, that, that he mentioned. Um, they would have been thrilled with either one of those guys. And, and it is um, – I, I don't think it's a stretch. At least the people who – make their living in these worlds um, would say that Bobby Witt Jr. is the most talented prospect that the Royals have had in many, many, many years. More talented than Hosmer, more talented than, you know, Carlos Beltran is a pro. I mean, it, it, this is like a different sort of level. Like you can make jokes about, remember, remember the, the Royals were in, in line for the number one overall pick in the Moustakas, what ended up in the Moustakas draft. Right. And David Price, it was David Price and then a big gap. And they ended up sweeping the Tigers and had the number two pick. The Chiefs had the number one pick in the draft the year between Andrew Luck and Jadavion Clowney. <laughs> like that's how like it seems to work for Kansas City. But they had the number two pick in a draft where there were two two guys above everybody else. It was it was a good break that way. The Royals have only had the number one pick once, right? Uh, I think that's right. Luke, yeah, I think so. Luke, Luke yeah. Hochaver was yeah. was was their was their pick and, that year. And is it true the Chiefs have only had it the one time with Eric Fisher? I, I think in, in, the, in the NFL. I era. think in the NFL yeah. era that, that yeah. that's yeah, right. Yeah, because there was Bobby Bell or yeah. somebody went. There. Yeah, in the AFL years. Yeah. yeah. So so what's the, the other thing that speaking of the hyperbole of all this? What he's a he, it's no longer a, a five tool player you can no longer be a five tool player you're now a six tool player <laughs> yeah, yeah and that's that's great i'm I mean, sorry i didn't i didn't take that exam what was the sixth uh, what's the sixth sense there the sixth tool what i, I think it's the the mental toughness yeah. the oh, mental wait, part of the game that's and he, a, that's all, a, he's got the five physical tool. tools and now huh. he's got the mental toughness you're nothing without the six i guess, yeah, I, guess. Right. Okay. And I guess if you, you know you'd want that six one and then you could work on the other <laughs> yeah. the other five the physical ones i guess i, I don't know uh uh, but but yeah, the 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 uh, praise for him is is really off the charts. He's obviously a great amateur baseball player. Would have would have gone to Oklahoma if he'd gone that path. His father, you know, baseball player, pretty effective pitcher. Started like 400 major league games. Bobby Witt um, was was a was an effective major league player for a long time. The genes are there. I I, I think he's going to be a very successful baseball player at, at the at professional level. How long do how long should we expect to, to, him to you know, take to get to the major league level. When's the airport supposed to open? <laughs> there we go. Um, I'm thinking, aren't we thinking you'd hope 22, right? I mean, realistically, could it be sooner? Yeah. Well, Blair, you went through some research on this about, you know, what the fastest trajectories have been. And it's not much more than maybe the, the one you found was fastest was just two years with Granky. Right. So Grinky was, Zach Grinky was drafted in 02 uh, and, and made his major league debut in 04. Everybody else that we talked about, I think it was Johnny Damon, uh, Butler, Gordon, Hosmer, Moustakas, you know, notable first-round picks, took at least three years to get to the major leagues. So, look, every team's different. Every circumstance is different, you know, the roster makeup, whatever. But what's what's a little unique about this, even if Bobby Witt Jr. is on a fast track to get to the major leagues, he's playing a position that is occupied by the – 
the most promising of young royals right now. So someone would have to move in, in a couple years. I guess that's the that would be the idea. Have we heard anything about that possibility? I, other than what I read in Mellinger Minutes, I, uh, not much. But I but didn't you make the point? I think it was in in that that where you made the point about that it. You can work with that, right? No, I mean, maybe it's, one of them goes to center field, one of them's at third. I mean, who knows? But get them here first and then worry about that. The best problem that a Major League Baseball team has ever had would be, what do we do with this extra five tool, six-tool <laughs> shortstop? What do we do with this, our second Patrick Mahomes of baseball? Uh, that, that, that would be an incredible problem to have, right? Like, But if, if you can play shortstop, you can play any position. So... I, it's it's terrific. I mean, they already have Whit Merrifield, and who knows if he'll be on the team. I you know I think they're willing to trade if if the right offer came along. But they've got three now, at least in the organization, really really versatile, high level talents, and you can do a lot with that because now like one of the maybe the well one of the best moves that the that they made to make the the 2015 World Champions was that trade for Ben Zobrist. And it was because Alex Gordon was hurt and Omar Infante stunk. And so he could play left. And he did to start out yep. when Alex Gordon was hurt. Yep. And then when Gordon, it was a hamstring, I think, yeah, yeah. or, or whatever it was. Or ran into a wall or something, yeah. like, whatever it was. But he was he was out for an extended period. Yep. And then when he got healthy, he just moved right over to second base and Omar Infante's got like, like that. That's the kind of stuff that you can do here. If, if um, And I don't know, obviously, um, you know, who's going who's gonna to be a better big league shortstop and three years defensively, um, you know, between Witt and, and Mondesi. But I know that who, whoever finishes second in that competition is going to make for a hell of a center fielder or corner outfielder or third baseman or something. Like, they're, they're going to have plus defenders, maybe plus plus, as the scouts might say, um, at, at multiple positions. I, that's not a problem at all. That is a solution. One other thing, if you don't mind going back to the Patrick Mahomes of <laughs> yeah. uh, concept, you know, part of the point when somebody's saying that, the implication is he can change everything, mm-hmm. right? So let's say Bobby Witt's here in two years and he's hitting 370 and, and for, for power and great fielder. He, he won't remotely affect a game like Patrick Mahomes does. I just really need to say that. Yeah, I mean, a it, baseball no. player cannot do it. Yeah, it just – No, in fact – the, the sport doesn't work that the, way. The reason I, I chose those players that we <laughs> talked about, the former first-round picks, I started with Grinky. Grinky, Butler, Gordon, Moustakas, and Hosmer. It took all of them, including the, the talent that they acquired in the Grinky trade, it took all of them to get the Royals to a playoff level, to, yeah. get, to get to 86 yeah. wins in, in, in 2013. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And – we don't. That's how different baseball is yeah. than than the than the other sports. Patrick Mahomes, you know, it becomes a starter in his first year, and and the Chiefs don't miss it. Not only not miss a beat, you know, from in, in their offense, they they take another step offensively. You know, when when Mahomes replaced the person who led the NFL in <laughs> passer rating the previous year, yeah, that's how much difference that you know yeah. the right player can make in that sport. Yeah. It just doesn't happen in baseball. How many world championships has Mike Trout won with the Angels? Yeah. How many playoff games has Mike Trout won? <laughs> exactly. I believe he's 0-3. But, I mean, so you need to stack. You know, you need to stack, like, high-level talent with high-level talent. And and <laughs> next year's draft is supposed to be loaded, <laughs> and the Royals figure to pick pretty high. <laughs> they figure to Are you going to have that same conversation <laughs> with Dayton right about now that you I had should, a year ago? I should, yeah. Yeah, you know, good call. They're a couple games behind, right? It's behind the pace of last year. Yeah, they are. They are 
pacing to, you know, I think they'd have the number one pick right now. Maybe. At least, no worse than two or three, yeah. for sure. Yeah. But yeah. but if, if they do, and they will pick, I don't think anything's going to change the trajectory. <laughs> right. uh, they, they will have a, a pretty high draft pick next year to go along with the one this year and the one in, in the draft of 2018, which was the pitcher heavy, mm-hmm. you know, Brady Singer, Jackson Kowar, Lynch, the Virginia pitcher, and Bull all who, yes. So it looks like they're, you know, Singer got the promotion just recently, right? From mm-hmm. from he's now pitching at, at, at Class AA, and uh, there's so far some positive signs from from that draft class, and maybe this is the start of the that you can start piecing together draft classes and see where. The, the top talent project where they'll be in a few years and, and that'll be the, the next playoff window opportunity for the Royals. You're making me think of this because Sam is really versed, I shouldn't say in the term, but Sam, you, you openly talk about tanking. Yeah. And actually, I wonder if you would elaborate on how a team would tank without, you know, selling its soul or its integrity. Well, you you got me at selling your soul and your integrity like because i feel like the astros sold their soul and integrity and lost a ton of games in you know three four year span and they loaded up that's when they got correa and bregman and and you know some of those other guys and look where they are now um the royals have been adamant about that's not what we do and um They want to win and develop. And and look, Dayton and JJ, all those guys, like they they see this the same way that um, you win by developing, you develop by winning. And they don't believe like the, the culture that gets established. It's the reason the NFL teams are so against tanking. Um, it, it's or at least used to be uh, that that once you establish a losing culture in that big league clubhouse, it is really hard to turn that around. I get it, and I love the ambition of of a team, a small money team, thinking we can win consistently while rebuilding, while maintaining a strong farm system. I just think it's unrealistic, and you know, so what they're doing now in 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 practical terms is tanking. <laughs> you know, they lost 104 times last year. They're going to lose a whole bunch this year. They're going to pick, you know, in the top five again next year. I would I would expect, um, but. So in, in that way, I'm like, okay, this is good. Like, this is how you build. Because the, the thing that they were missing in that farm system, they think their farm system is a lot better than the rest of the industry. But one thing that they agree with and the industry is that it's lacking high-level, high-ceiling talent. They just got a superstar prospect. So that changes how you look at the farm system. The, the problem is this is unintentional tanking. Well, that's what and, I was going to ask you. That is so a problem. That, what, that is an issue. What does intentional tanking look like that this doesn't? Um, trading away, if they were intentionally tanking, they would trade Whit Merrifield for whatever they can get. Um, they would keep Mondesi. Um, they would trade Perez. They would have traded Perez um, a couple years ago. They would have traded. Here's here's what it would have looked like after 2016. You have the parade. You have to let that group go get it. You know, um, and and 16 was the year that was ruined, not ruined, but. Um, Made more difficult by the Gordon the Gordon Mustakas collision. Yeah. collision in Chicago. Um, so, anyway, like after sixteen, you got to make a decision. You are going to try to win, which means keeping Wade Davis and signing someone just like Josh Reddick, or you tank and you trade 
Wade Davis for Jorge, Jorge Soler. You trade Lorenzo Cain. You could have got a lot for Lorenzo Cain. You trade Eric Hosmer. You could have got a lot for him. Uh, Moustakas, that trade value may not have been high because he was coming off an injury. You still could have got something for, for Gordon, I would think. Um, you know, well, no, because he stunk in 16, didn't he? He did. But anyway, like but he also um, had that but injury. Kane yeah, but and Hosmer, you could have got a lot for. You could have started the process sooner. Yes, it would have been jump started by and at least fairness, a year, maybe two. You were saying this then. I mean, it, this yeah. this isn't hindsight on your part. In fact, I think you were you were ready in 16, even a little bit. Yeah. Well, I just look like I would have I would have tanked. I would have traded everybody. But like I I I understand like there's a financial reality that they have to deal with that I can kind of brush off as the sort of dumb sports writer. Um, so I, if, if their philosophy was let's, let's try to win, then that's cool too. But just don't tell me you can do both. Like that, that was just my problem. You, you got to pick one or the other. Cause if you try to do both, you do neither. We look at the Astros fondly because of their success the last couple of years. But I remember when they were at the depth of, mm-hmm. of their tanking, mm-hmm. they couldn't even get a TV contract. Yeah. I mean, that's how bad mm-hmm. things had gotten in Houston. And uh, I, I know the Royals lost 104 last year. They're actually behind that pace this year. At, at tonight, I think they're 19 and 40 going into the the Red Sox series that starts Tuesday night. So um, it's it stinks to be a Royals fan mm-hmm. here uh, in this last year, this year, and and so t- you know the, the Bobby Witt Jr. draft gave Royals fans a, a, a measure of one day to not think about how lousy things have been. But I just, I just, if a team is going to lose 100 games for a couple of years, I want some assurance that in three or four years, two or three years, whatever that timetable is, we're going to see the the triple digit on the other side of the of the dash. Yeah, you, you bring up a good point because it, it's it's not just the because this pain is bad. I mean, this is this is bad. Oh, I'd terrible. rather lose 75. I'd rather be a 75 win team with 95 as the upside than to go 104 losses for the chance the chance at 100 wins three years from now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's Cardinals. I'd rather it's be the not, Cardinals. Yeah, yeah. Everybody would. Uh, it, it's not just the um, the big league clubhouse culture either that Dayton is fiercely protective of I'm, I'm using those words intentionally but it's kind of what you're just talking about of, of Kansas City's kind of a different place like that connection between club and fan um, you know Dayton believes he's kind of a romantic and a lot of people in baseball would say he's naive about this but it's pure and it's real of you know he wants to see eight-year-old kids in jerseys not in, you know, it used to be that in a certain era of the Royals, it was Derek Jeter and David Ortiz jerseys, like, dominated. Even when the Red Sox and Yankees weren't in town, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah, you know, if the, we're honest. Yeah. And then that was one of the things that he would always talk about is, you know, for a, what, four-year period, five-year period or whatever, those eight-year-old kids were wearing Lorenzo Cain shirts and they were wearing Eric Hosmer shirts. And I, that that's a big deal. Um, that's a big deal financially um and it's also a big deal just sort of with relevance with emotion oh, with spirit with connection free, with spirit yes. yeah and absolutely it is. that's another thing and, and you you're right like you kill that because if you're in houston what years were that was that 12 uh, was it like 11 12 something like that, that yeah right right in there i'm sure there was nobody wearing astros oh my gosh. And nothing i remember the scenes from the ballpark i mean nobody nobody yeah. there and this is before now where baseball's really having a problem with its selling its yeah. product yeah um you know, it was it was gruesome yeah it was pretty bad in Houston. yeah there, there, there is a little bit of a line when you cross when everything is treated as a commodity and not like this real like human 
you know, sort of business. And I get it. And again, that's, it's easier for me as a sports writer to not, you know, care about those things when my decisions aren't real. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and, and I get that it would be a lot harder to tank if you're actually, you know, if your finger's on the button, <laughs> so to speak, uh, so I, I can think about it a little bit more, you know, sort of clinically. Um, so I get it. I just really believe that the most efficient and not easy, that's the wrong word, but just the, the, the most efficient path to winning is to lose. Well, and the point also that you're making is, you know, here we are, we're looking at this, you know, I'm doing the air quotes, the unintentional aspect of it. Yeah. It's demoralizing in an entirely different way because you're seeing no, there's no upside in what we're seeing right now. And I think the novelty of three or four or five guys that you're excited about in a 19 and 40 season is starting to wear off. Like, yeah, it's exciting to, what's Mondesi going to do tonight? Mm-hmm. But Nicky Lopez sort of, and, was, was and, fun yeah. to see him make his debut, and that's and, that's worn off. And I'm glad, yeah, I mean, I'm glad they added those dimensions. But now, I mean, in these this last week or so, in fact, almost since we, uh, I think the three of us all thought they were going to be either like 19 and 21 or 18 <laughs> and 22 after the first 40, right? Yeah. Was, yeah. And they've been like, you know, five and 17 or something. I mean, it's been it's been terrible, and there it something something's missing in a different sort of way. I mean, I, I sort of feel like there's a, I don't know. I, I, I don't think anybody's waving the white flag. I don't mean that, but I just feel like it, it, it just seems like you're playing bad baseball too. I mean, I felt like for a while they were, you know, they're leading most of the time, then lose, something goes wrong. There's, you know, you plug one thing, something else goes, but you had reasons to think maybe they could put it all together at one point and be a 500 ish team for the rest of the way. I don't, I don't feel that way at all now. Yeah. In this uh, this last series they played at Texas, there was an occasion where Whit Merrifield was on third base, fly ball to deep enough left field where you thought he was going to tag, decided not to tag. The throw goes up the line. He would have scored walking, you know, standing up, and didn't score. And that was with nobody out. And of course, the Royals don't get him in. Um, there were a couple of moments like that. They had bases the, loaded, no outs, didn't they? they? Yeah, with, with in, Merrifield. In, the, in the Sunday game with top of the order. So yeah, seven, eight, nine got up, bloated the bases. While well, the game was one nothing, I think, and the Royals couldn't do anything there. I think Montesi and Gordon struck out to end the inning. So uh, it was, and I think Denny Matthews actually said it after the at the end of the third or the fourth Rangers game at the conclusion of the series that that was the worst baseball game, or at least one of the worst baseball games he'd ever seen. I, wow. and, and to emphasize that point, that was a quick game too. That was a two hour and thirty eight minute game, and if, so if Denny Matthews is calling that. Yeah, <laughs> one of the worst games. <laughs> he really means it. I mean, that's just the, the, the mistakes that they're making, the the, the poor starting pitching they've they've gotten uh, for the most part. I'll tell you what, but Danny Duffy threw five incredible innings Friday night. Comes out for the six, walks the leadoff guy, and you know, it, it, all of a sudden it's six to six mm-hmm. to one, I think, or six to two, whatever the Royals heads. It was over, and it, just yeah. for him to lose it one inning, and I thought he had no hit stuff that night, and he just just completely unraveled. It gave up a 500 foot grand slam to Joey Gallo so it's just nothing seems to be going right for these guys right now they've lost six or seven on this road trip and they've got the Red Sox coming in and it's just uh um hope and it looks like Big Slick's gonna have to deal with rain on Friday night how about how about that there's no margin for error with the pitching staff and now the hitters, they struck out 47 times in that series, in that Rangers series. 47 times. Against a lot of Cy Young candidates, too, <laughs> yeah, I think. Right, exactly. For the, for the Rangers. Yeah. Like Lance Lynn? <laughs> Wasn't he? But like, I was like, I, I legitimately did not know Lance Lynn was still around. 
and he struck out like twelve or something. I mean, it's, all right. Bad. So, so Bobby Wood Jr. is going to change everything. I think we're all convinced of that now. Yeah, he's uh, going to win the. He'll he'll sit for a year. And then he'll throw 50 touchdowns and win the MVP. That's, that's how this is going to work. That's right. Uh, all right, guys, that'll do it. I appreciate you stopping by, and we will talk to you again soon. Hey, it's Blair Kirkhoff, and if you're listening to this, you love Kansas City sports, whether it's the Chiefs, Royals, Sporting, Mizzou, KU, or K-State. And no one covers these teams like the Kansas City Star. If you currently subscribe to the paper or have a digital subscription, thank you for your support. And if you don't, here's a great offer. It's called Sports Pass, unlimited digital access to every sports story and video on KansasCity.com. And it's just $30 for the first year. It's the best sports value in town, just eight cents a day or $2.50 a month. You can't beat that. Subscribe now at KansasCity.com slash SportsPass. We're joined by Royals beat writer Lynn Worthy, who has found refuge in the lobby of the Marriott where he's staying outside of Dallas, Texas. The Royals just got finished playing the Texas Rangers, but Lynn Worthy stayed in the Dallas area for an extra day on the chance that the Royals would select Bobby Witt Jr. with their first-round draft pick, and that's exactly what happened. So Lynn went to the Witt house outside of Dallas, Hey, before we talk to Lynn, let's hear from Bobby Witt Jr. When did it become like the big leagues become a sort of a goal for you? I think it was as a young, young a young kid, whatever, five, six, seven years old. It's like as young as I could process that this is a thing that can actually happen. There's a draft and everything. Just playing the professional baseball has always been a goal of mine and a dream of mine. And now getting this opportunity here, it's just been truly a blessing and everything. And then all the things I've worked for, it's been. It's been a lot of fun. I really wouldn't want to change anything else. And just being with this organization now, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. And i got just kind of a lot more work to do. Just getting here is a good thing, but there's a lot more work to do. So I'm excited to see what happens next. Lynn Worthy, the Royals beat writer, joins us. And Lynn, you were uh, you just you're on a road trip and you were covering the Royals Rangers and you decided to stay down in the Dallas area for a pretty good reason, and it was a gamble that paid off for you because the Royals selected Bobby Wood Jr. of uh, in the second round, or in the, in the, with the second pick, not the second round, but with the second pick, and uh, and just a short drive from from where you're staying. Tell us a little bit about your visit to the Witt household and and your conversation with Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, um, got to go out. Uh, it's about 20 minute drive from um, right by the ballpark in Arlington. Uh, I stayed right near there and about 20 minutes to their home in uh, Colleyville. And um, yeah, and it's one of those places where you drive up and right away, you know, it's a baseball player's house because they had the picture of the seniors outside, you know, from the Colleyville uh, heritage team. And then on the other gate, there was a picture of him with the bat over his shoulder, you know, the old uh, baseball card pose that everybody made when they were in probably fifth or sixth grade, except obviously it was his high school photo but um and so yeah i got to sit down with uh with uh, bobby witt jr the uh latest draft pick or the latest number one round uh, first round draft pick of the royals for about 15 20 minutes just talking to him about um growing up in the game and uh getting ready to start the uh the next stage after of course the uh 
after he finishes up the state tournament, which he's going to be going about uh, three hours away come tomorrow night to go get ready to start playing uh, state finals. Was he still uh, still excited about about the evening? You, you talked to him about what twenty hours after the uh, the selection had happened. You talked to him on Tuesday. So was he was he still pretty stoked about the whole thing? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he was smiling the whole time that I was talking to him, and he was just. I mean, we were actually sitting. At one point, I realized because he was he said something about he's still trying to sort of you know wrap his mind around what uh, what had just happened last night, and um, he was sitting in the same spot where um where he was on the television i realized that because i said wait a minute i said was this the same he said yeah this is where i was sitting and the teammates that i saw on the television were standing right by behind the couch so we were sitting on while we were chatting um but yeah he said you know it was a dream come true and um he actually said he woke up this morning uh tuesday morning and had to check to make sure that it all actually happened (laughs) (laughs) hey so any uh did he know or any any indication of where his uh, professional career is going to begin or uh, it's it's not a i assume that the the signing of the contract will just be a formality and he'll be on his way to um you know to a professional career but how about taking us through those steps what's next for him well, for him, it's right now, it's just a matter of focusing on, you know, finishing up the state tournament. His father is going to be one of his agents, but um, his uh, he's got another one so that it's not as, you know, sort of emotional <laughs> for right. the negotiations and all those sorts of things. Um, but, yeah, he's uh, uh, right now it's uh, Thursday night state tournament and then they could potentially go on to the next day. He just graduated high school. His birthday is in a couple of weeks. Um, so he wants to his main goal right now is finish up high school, try to get a state title, which their school has never had, and then go on from there as far as the whole process. But, um, yeah, he's stoked about, you know, trying to get get started. Right now it's the state tournament, but uh, all the other stuff will be shortly ironed out, I, I believe. Right, right, right. So, um, so you go to the – it just was fortunate timing that the Royals were playing in Texas, but you had some inkling, didn't you? I mean, all the, a lot of the chatter before the – the draft and a lot of the mock drafts had the Royals selecting Bobby Witt because the 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 Orioles were going to go with the Oregon State catcher. Uh, was there any uh, any question in your mind that, uh, that 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 the Royals would have gone another way if Witt had gone? Well, if the Witt had gone to the to the uh, to the Orioles, I imagine the Royals would have taken the catcher. But did, did it play out the way you expected it to play out? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing that maybe would have made it interesting or a little more interesting would have been if um, the Orioles passed on both Rutschman and Witt, which nobody really thought was going to happen. But uh, if they did, then that would have left the, the Royals with a choice. I mean, at this point, I guess it's it's easy to say in hindsight, but I think they probably still would have gone with Witt. Um, but I think the, you know... Rutschman being sort of the consensus number one, being a um, premium position player and the catcher, switch hitter with power. Uh, I know he was a guy, and I think we even ran a photo in the paper the other day, he was a guy who in spring training, because um, Oregon State always does a tournament um, around that time of year in Surprise, Arizona. So right. it was right where the Royals were. He came over and watched the workout and met with some of the uh, team officials. Um, but I still, you know, again, like I say, it's easy to say now that probably we went with Witt because they just followed him for so long. I mean, Dayton had talked about how they had eyes on him since he was 14 years old. Um, they were at every inning that he played this year during the baseball season, including some scrimmages and, and workouts. Dayton himself was out here about a month ago for two days. So, um, like I say, those things to me point to they probably still would have picked Witt. But, yeah, it played out pretty much according to um, 
what everybody had projected with Rutschman going first and then them jumping at the chance to, to draft Bobby Witt Jr. And then they, they took a short, shortstop with the um, with their next pick after that, did they not? Yep, yep. They picked up another shortstop, a former uh, college teammate of Brady Singer and Jackson Colwire, the Florida guys they drafted last year, the pitchers they drafted last year. Um, and they added another pitcher out of uh, um, Arizona State University, uh, the Florida shortstop, uh, Brady McConnell, and then the Arizona State, uh, Alec Marsh, right-hander. Um, so, yeah, that was how they finished up day one of the draft. Okay. Hey, before we let you go, Lynn, how about just a thought on, on what we've seen from the Royals uh, here the last week or so? Uh, it's uh, that, that Texas series after the opener was was pretty pretty gruesome and just not just not playing good baseball right now. It seems to me. Yeah, I mean, early in the season, the sort of the sense that I got was you know okay they they obviously they were losing but they weren't playing awful ball. It was just, you know, they were finding ways late in games to sort of not come out with a win, whether it was the bullpen was, um, you know, had its little hiccups early. Um, and then it turned into a point where later on the bullpen started to get on track and starters were, um, were struggling. Um, but this, this last series, it seemed like there was just, you could point to several areas, whether it was the starters, the bullpen, defensively making some mistakes. Offensively leaving guys on base and just not coming up with the hits they had to have. Um, it was just, yeah, it was it was just one of those series where, you know, there wasn't a whole lot to take away from that series and to be positive about, um, which to me was a difference because it wasn't like that, at least early in the season when they were having some of the losses. But this last week has been, you know, nothing really going right. Right. But draft day was it was a happy day for the Royals, uh, for for Dayton Moore, for the front office. And they got the guy they wanted, it seems to me. So, hey, Lynn Worthy, thank you very much for, for joining us. And we'll see you back in Kansas City. OK, thanks for having me. Links to the stories we discuss can be found in the show notes and on KansasCity.com, Facebook.com slash TrueBlue and the True Blue app. Big thanks to Kathy Liu and Leah Becerra for producing the show. This has been Sports Beat KC, a sports podcast presented by the Kansas City Star. I'm Blair Kirkhoff. Do you anything else you want to you want to chime in? Just don't be as hot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right. Go ahead. It's so hard right now.